Ready? Our evening began in Peter Seychelles' comfortable study in his New York townhouse. Greetings, everybody. My name is Jim Shear, and welcome to the official, unofficial Beastie Boys podcast known as the Brouhaha. On today's episode, I'm going to break down the Beastie Boys solid gold classic, So What You Want. It's my favorite song of all time, which would make it my favorite Beastie Boys song of all time. And I think, this is just a hunch, that it's also the Beastie Boys' favorite Beastie Boys song. Think about it. All the times you saw them live, all the times they performed on TV, they knew whenever they pulled out this song, it was money in the bank. So let me state my case And at the end of this episode, you can either agree or disagree with me. But before we get into So What You Want, it is time for The Scoop. So, have you guys seen the uh, the new trailer for Lego Movie 2? The song that is all over it. Yes, you got it. The Beastie Boys Intergalactic. And you know what? I am fine with Beastie Boys music being used in film trailers. I, I can rationalize it as art-enhancing art. And we all, we all know that Adam Yauch was a huge fan of cinema. I mean, he created a film distribution company, Oscilloscope Laboratories. And when Adam Yauch was alive, Beastie Boys music was used in film trailers. What got me, though, was last year when Sabotage was used in that video game commercial, Destiny 2. I I couldn't rationalize that one because to me, a a video game is different than a film soundtrack for whatever reason. Call me irrational. And uh, for those that don't know, before Adam Yauch died, in his will, he hand wrote, none of my music will be used in advertising. And that should come as no surprise because when Adam Yauch was alive... I mean, he rapped about it. And you won't see me in the advertising. And I read an article last year uh, that was done. It was an interview with the director of that commercial. He said he was a huge Beastie Boys fan. And he decided to write Mike and Adam a note asking them if he could use Sabotage. So he sent the note and they got back to him and they said, yeah, you can use it. Bug me, man. I don't know. I, and I just want an answer. Maybe, you know, if the Beastie Boys explained why they allowed sabotage in that commercial, it would make things all right. But to me, it came out of nowhere. But once again, for, for, for whatever reason, I can rationalize uh, Intergalactic being used in a film trailer. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, I haven't mentioned this in the last couple of episodes of the Brouhaha, but Mixmaster Mike... He is a member of Cypress Hill. And there are two former Beastie Boys in Cypress Hill now. You've got Eric Bobo on percussion and Mixed Master Mike as their turntablist. My question is, what happened to DJ Muggs? Maybe he's on the DL? I don't know. 
Is Mixmaster Mike just a fill-in? Will Muggs ever come back? I don't know. They, they got they got a superstar, though, behind the ones and twos. And uh, whatever happens, this is a, a dream of mine, but what if, uh, you know, Mike and Adam want to do something? And uh, Does Mixmaster Mike go to the Beastie Boys? Or is he contractually obligated to Cypress Hill? I don't know. I, I don't think that'll be a problem, but uh, if you go see Cypress Hill Live, you can see Mixmaster Mike behind the ones and twos. Uh, Mike D, he's currently on the festival circuit doing his DJ sets, which aren't strictly DJ sets, because sometimes during these sets, he will come out from behind the turntables, pick up the microphone, and do some Beastie Boys rhymes. And his DJ, and thank you for uh, Beastie Family for getting me his name, Jason Steingold is spinning while Mike D rhymes. And every time I see one of these videos, I say to myself, well, you know what, if, if Mike D's rhyming, what if you got Ad-Rock rhyming? And, and what if you got Mixmaster Mike behind the turntables? And then, you know, what if you got Fredo back to do some hardcore stuff and some of the instrumental stuff? And then you got Money Mark. I know. It'll never be as great as it used to be. But two of the Beastie Boys with all of the supporting cast... Huh? Huh? That's all I'm saying. All right. That will do it for the scoop. Uh, Right now I have a a new segment that I would like to introduce on the brouhaha. It goes a little something like this. From the pages of Grand Royal Magazine. So on the last episode of the brouhaha, I painstakingly went page through page through page through page through page of Grand Royal issue number one. I might not ever do that again, but it, it it gave me an idea. What if I just cherry-picked through certain issues of Grand Royal magazine? And that's what I'm going to do today. And today's article actually has something to do with the main topic of today's episode of the Brouhaha. All right, this comes from Grand Royal... Issue number two, featuring Lee Scratch Perry on the cover. Looks like he's on a Wheaties box. Interview was conducted by Bob Mack, who was the editor of the first two issues of Grand Royal Magazine. The headline reads, Super Mario. You got it. It is an interview with Beastie Boys producer Mario Caldado Jr. And because I'm going to talk about So What You Want today, I will read the portion where Mario C. talks about Check Your Head. Here we go. The whole idea of Check Your Head was to start making music ourselves and sampling ourselves. And that was the beginning of it. First creating the jam sessions to get the ideas, then picking out pieces and putting shit together just like you do with rap songs. Bob Mack asks, was Capital bummed out? Sure they were, but they were going through their own problems. They had new management. They fucked up. They didn't do shit for Paul's. So they were afraid. We were like, well, we're going to do something different here. Instead of going to the $1,000 a day studios, let's just make our own studio. So we went looking but couldn't find a place. And I think Mike finally found this place in Atwater that was an old ballroom. It had the best layout, so we went for it. It had one big room with the stage and the wood floor and the high ceiling and two little rooms that were just offices. The control room was two little rooms. There was a wall in there, and we tore it down, me and Mark and D. Yeah, Mike D doing some demolition. 
Uh, Mario C goes on to say, anyways, uh, Check Your Head was a long time in the making because Adam was making a movie, Yauk went to India, and Mike was rebuilding his house. It took a while for them to rhyme. Nobody wanted to write rhymes. Jimmy James was an instrumental, and Yauk really wanted to keep it that way. Uh, then Yauk did Stand Together lyrics himself because nobody else had any. They just weren't in the mood for any writing, and no one had any direction. Mario C. went on to explain that the Beastie Boys would take these road trips to get inspired. Sometimes they would go to more urban places. Sometimes they would go to isolated places. They just, inspiration did not come. And uh, everything finally came together, sadly, when Dave Skilkin died. Mario C. says, their boy Dave Skilkin had died, and that just changed the whole mood. When we got back home, and uh, those guys went to New York, and everyone was freaked out. Dave was somebody really close to them. After that, when they came back from New York, they knew they had something to do and the work got real focused. Shit was heavy. We had a purpose and meaning and started knocking shit out. Ideas were coming in. Songs like Gratitude and Lighten Up were really inspired. And then finally, uh, I'm just going to uh, the re- read the little section here where Mario C. talks about So What You Want. He says the album was done and they decided they needed one more song just to put the icing on the cake. The kid had the idea of biting the chord change from this record, so we listened to that record, recreated some of it, and put it together. And my question is, what record was that? What record inspired So What You Want? And I remember reading a story where the Beastie Boys might have sampled that song and that was sort of the, the skeleton so, to So What You Want. And then they put live instruments over it and then got rid of the sample. And I bet you if you asked the King Ad Rock that question today, his answer would be, hmm, I, I don't remember. What song inspired So What You Want? All right, straight from the pages of Grand Royal Magazine. We are going to take a break. And when we come back, we will do our deep dive into So What You Want. One, two, the Fly G Force is back in effect, chilling with the Beastie Boys. Word up, word, word, word. Y'all didn't think we were going to let you get away without doing some freestyle for my listeners or something, right? Cuckoo! Cuckoo! Yeah. I got the fat beat rocking. Oh, turn it up, turn it up, turn it up. Yo, can you pump it up in the headphones a little bit, man? You pumped the level in well, the just plug me in just like I was Eddie Harris Eating crazy cheese like you would think of Paris You know I get high, yeah. you know I get fine yeah. You think that I'm going and I'ma tell you all why yeah. Tell me who are you dissing Maybe I'm missing the reason that you're smiling a while Just oh. to listen in my yeah. head I just wanna take him down Imagination shut loose, yes I'm gonna shake him down Let it fall like I'm on slide uh. When I get on I like to ride and glide I got depth of perception in my text, y'all I get props at moments of good affection does anybody know what this is called because in my music library and I have no idea where I got it it's labeled fly ID version so obviously it's the Beastie Boys at some radio station rhyming over some instrumental uh, doing so what you want to me this is just my gut speaking here it's maybe a little bit before check your head some pre-promotion for the album 
I don't know. So I'm 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 assuming it's early '92. So during the break, I got into investigative mode, trying to figure out what song the Beastie Boys originally sampled for "So What You Want." All it took was a trip to Beastie Mania. So this is what the Beastie Boys. This was the skeleton of Check Your Head. It's called I've Been Watching You from the band The Southside Movement off the album The Southside Movement. And when you hear this song, it all makes sense. So think of Ad-Rock listening to this song, digging it, and then putting stuff on top of it. So this is the, the original blueprint of So What You Want. make sense now sometimes for your biggest questions in life you just need to go to beastie mania all right so let's go back to the beginning think about the first time you guys heard so what you want might have been when you bought check your head it wasn't the lead single the lead single was past the mic uh the first time i heard it and I, i guess i should go back even further than 92 Uh, I grew up in a very religious household, so I wasn't allowed to listen to pop music. I wasn't allowed to watch MTV. Isn't that ironic? Because many years later, I worked for MTV. So over the years, we eventually broke my parents down. And I remember my sister, she would tape songs off of the radio, and then she would duck back into the, uh, you know, the, (laughs) the catacombs of her bedroom and she would listen to music. And one day my dad caught her. And I remember she was almost crying. She's like, no, dad, the, the, the song's not bad. It's not bad. Listen to the words. And my dad said, all right, I'll listen to it. So he, he took her headphones off her head. He put them over his ears. He was listening to the song very intently. And I was watching from afar. And then reluctantly, my dad took the headphones off, gave them back to my sister and said, all right, it's, it's not bad. So do you know what song... Open the floodgates to pop music in the sheer household. It was none other than Blame It on the Rain from Millie Vanilli. <laughs> if it were not for Millie Vanilli, maybe I never become a Beastie Boys fan. The world may never know. So after that instance, uh, we just went mad taping songs off the radio, and then eventually we started watching MTV, and there was really nothing my parents could do about it. I come from a family of five, so we would come home from school, my dad would still be at work, and my mom's juggling five kids. So it was kind of easy at that point in 92 to watch MTV. So I remember I came home from school, turned on MTV. I probably had my brothers or sisters turn it on, because I used them as human remote controls because we actually didn't have a remote control. So I would either say, hey, Mary, Matt, 2-4, 2-4, because I think that was the channel MTV was on. So I come home from school, I'm watching MTV, and I turned it on halfway through, so what you want. Now, I had no idea what the Beastie Boys looked like. I knew about the Beastie Boys, because I remember when I was in sixth grade, uh, on the bus, 
the older kids would bring their boom boxes and they would listen to Run DMC and the Fat Boys and the Beastie Boys. So I, I was familiar with the material on License to Ill. And I remember we had school skating parties and everyone went nuts when Fight for Your Right to Party came on. But I had no idea what the Beastie Boys looked like. So I'm watching this video in 1992 after school of these three guys in sock caps and t-shirts and sneakers jumping around the woods and I thought, this is the coolest thing that I've ever seen. Who the heck are these guys? Because you might remember that MTV only put the info of the video and the artist on at the top of the song and at the end of the song. So I'm just staring at the TV thinking, this is, this is it, man. Whatever, whatever's going on here, this is, this is what I want to do. And at the end of the video, the Chiron comes up and it reads, so what you want? Beastie Boys. And believe it or not, I don't know why I thought this. I thought the Beastie Boys were black. And I thought, oh, that's that's the Beastie Boys? And from that point on, it was my mission to either meet the Beastie Boys or be in the Beastie Boys. And I, I just immersed myself in music after that. And it was because of that music video. Years later, on national TV, I would utter the words, the song that changed my life, and there's no question about it, that song, that music video, it changed my life. I wanted to work in music, I wanted to be in bands, I wanted to wear ringer t-shirts and sock caps and suede sneakers. That video did it for me. I don't know why, but it did. And I remember Jancy Dunn, She was a writer for Rolling Stone magazine, and she was an early VJ on MTV2, and she was talking about So What You Want, and she said, and this sums up the video perfectly, there's not much going on, but you can't turn away, and it's so true. When that music video comes on, there's something about, it's just three guys frolicking in the woods, there's something about it you just can't turn away. It's so cool. And apparently it was just, it was Yauk, Ad-Rock, Mike D, a Steadicam operator, and a sound person. They were probably holding the boombox when the Beastie Boys were rapping. And parts of the video look very slow, which means that the Beastie Boys would have been rapping like chipmunks in order for them to slow down to sync up with the video that we see. And they make it look so cool. It's, if, I swear that you could take a still frame from any part of that music video and it would look so cool. You could hang it in your living room. My question is, did the Beastie Boys... I mean, what was, what was the meeting like for the music video? It was directed by Nathaniel Hornblower. So it's a Yauk joint. What does what does the meeting sound like? All right, guys, we're going to go to the woods and we're just going to run through the woods and jump around. Is it written on paper anywhere? Uh, were the wardrobes picked out beforehand? Or was that what the Beastie Boys were wearing the day of the music video shoot? And I think if you watch the uh, the Skills to Pay the Bills VHS tape, at the end of it, they have credits And they said that it was recorded on April 10th, 1992. How did that day look? 
Did the Beastie Boys meet up at G-Sun beforehand, get in a van, go up to the woods? I don't know. Apparently, there were only five guys on that whole video shoot. The three Beastie Boys, a Steadicam operator, and someone operating the boombox. And why did Yauk? I always wondered this. So you've got Mike D in the Adidas sneakers, Ad-Rock's wearing the Adidas campus sneakers, MCA's wearing the mountain boots, Mike D's in a t-shirt, Ad-Rock's in a t-shirt, MCA's in that big flannel, and then MCA's also wearing that big Himalayan ski cap. I don't know. Who, who planned it? But it, it, it works out so nicely, and I like that Yauk is wearing the hat that he wears on the cover of Check Your Head. I always loved when music videos would tie into the album artwork. And I think there, uh, there, there's a couple carryovers. Mike D's wearing the campus sneakers in the video. He also wears the campus Adidas sneakers on the cover of Check Your Head. He's not wearing the same sock cap, though. And that Nick's Ringer T, that's so cool. And I remember, you could not find a ringer tee anywhere. When I was in high school, I would have to take my undershirts and I would have to color the collar. But after So What You Want, you could go to the mall and presto, there they were. Ringer t-shirts. And that really exploded, I would say, 94. The comeback of the ringer tee, I think it started with this music video. Oh, so good. What was Yauk thinking? Yeah, we're just going to go into the woods and dance around. Yes. All right. So where were you the first time you heard So What You Want and the first time you saw that music video? And to me, it's their best music video. A lot of people stand behind Sabotage. I said, no way, man. Beastie Boys' best music videos are when they're just mugging for the camera. Big ups to Nathaniel Hornblower. All right, so back into the song of So What You Want. Right now, from the words of Mike D, written in the booklet that we got uh, from the Sounds of Science Beastie Boys anthology, Mike D writes, After two plus years of recording, and we found out from that Mario C article why it took two plus years, uh, we finally felt like Check Your Head was done. But then upon listening a bit, it felt like something might be missing. We had been on a bit of a roll with rhyming, and it felt like we needed just one more cut. Adam Horvitz had a couple of loops on his SP-1200 in Studio G at G-Sun, which we thought were cool. Uh, We put them on the two-inch tape with Mario, but then ended up playing over the samples, eventually replacing them all together. All right, so I guess everything I remembered is probably from this piece that Mike wrote. Adam played some guitar parts. I played some beats on the kit in the live room. Mark Nishida did a few takes of some funky organ that we sampled as well. I remember driving around, listening to a real rough arrangement of the song, trying to think up ideas for lyrics, and my wife Tamara turned to me, giving me a look like, you've worked all this time on this album, and now, instead of being finished, you're going to work some more on this whack song? I admit it. The demo probably sounded pretty whack, but in a last-minute flurry, the vocals came together and the biz was sampled from an earlier session he had done with us, making the song complete. That's how it came about. Now, last year at MCA Day, 
I got to do an onstage interview with Mario C. Uh, some of you were there. In retrospect, I wish we had taller bar stools. We had folding chairs, so only the the first three rows of people could see us. Anyway, that doesn't matter. So uh, in this interview, I asked Mario C. about So What You Want, and here's what he had to say. Well, well that was the pinnacle record that changed everything because they, they were really like finding all the, the different elements together on one record because I don't think they were just, you know, uh, I mean, um, licensed to ill. And they weren't completely just Paul's Boutique. They were a combination of everything. Mm-hmm. So they were still finding it. And I think that was the record that we put in three years of uh, intense love to, to make it. Now there's a handful of tracks on Check Your Head where the vocals are distorted and they were recorded distorted. Now I know you like to keep it clean, so did you ever have a problem with the bullshit mic? And you hear the bullshit mic on So What You Want. So what you want, so what you want. And you can't clean that up because they recorded it dirty. That's correct. That was because uh, we, we had the uh, uh, like a demo rig, a, a B room where we would demo stuff, and in the and in the room we used a, a, a Sony karaoke mic that was like a twenty nine dollar bullshit mic, and we we did all the demos like okay, let's just test it out real quick, like nothing fancy. So we got used to hearing that sound, and then it was like. You know, let's try with, you know, let's go and try with the good mic. And then, remember we did it, go, no, the demo sounds much better. They, they, everyone was like, no, the demo's better. I'm like, all right. You know, like, eventually they convinced me, and after losing to it, like, oh, right, let's just go with it. And basically kept it, you know, kept the demo sound. So from then we used only those, you know, mainly that mic. But we changed it up a bit. There is, there is some different mics. Right. Now I wanted to ask you about So Much One, because according to legend, the Beastie Boys are just about done with Check Your Head, and they need one more song to make it quick. And I guess they went up to the woods, they maybe went up to Adam's cabin, and they came back with So What You Want. So when you heard that song for the first time, what did you think? I was a slammer, there's no question. Right? Yeah. There's, there's just, you know, no question that the song and uh, the vibe of it was just unique at the, at the moment, too, when we were doing it, you know. You had Cypress Hill, you had NWA and all these, you know, East, uh, I mean, West Coast guys coming up with some ill gangster stuff, and, and it just had that punch that was different than all of that, you know, and it was raw, dirty, and punky, and, you know, uh, nothing sounded like it, you know. I know. And the drum sound really made it. That was like, in our studio, we had a, a special studio. So, the bass and So What You Want, is that Adam playing bass? Because it sounds so much thicker than an actual bass. So, well, So What boom. You Want, you know, this boom, boom. <laughs> boom, boom. That's a tricky one, you know, because we, we use a lot of different elements, you know. We, we sample stuff, and then there was stuff laid on top of it. Uh, we added, like, the beat. Um, there's a big beat on it, and then there's the, the groove, and then we added some extra bass, and we added keyboards. But there's, uh, there's some elements. Mario C. knew. He knew it was going to be a slammer. Uh, so that was me and Mario C. at MCA Day last year. And right now... Let's just hear from the Beastie Boys. Uh, it was a handful of years ago when the Beastie Boys remastered Paul's Boutique, Hello Nasty, Ill Communication, and Check Your Head. And they put out commentaries for each of the albums. So this is the Beastie Boys talking about So What You Want on the Check Your Head commentary. Use a phrase from the era. You really got busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I Cole got busy. I would say that scratching is crazy fresh. 
Sometimes I'm just bugging. I'm going to get some more tea. You guys talk about this joint. All right. Well, this is All the right. off-referenced, uh, world-renowned, um, very, very popular in France. So what you want. Yeah. This um, Wow. This one started in um, Studio B of Studio G. Uh-huh. We had a little room off to the side. Um, little kind of not just a big closet. It was a room. It was a small room, big closet, and uh, we had a couple little drum machines set up in there. And we did like extra side work, and that, that's where it kind of started in there. Yeah, I remember playing the drums like on the stage at Chisum, but then like barricading them off so it was like sound like a smaller room, like putting boards mm-hmm. up around mm-hmm. the drums. Yeah, I like that guitar line, though. And then, yeah, nice guitar line. Then I remember Mark playing the organ along with it, and I and I'm I'm gonna sort of recollect here. I might be off base, but I think this was as we are telling um, a good friend of the band's Giovanotti the other day when we were having lunch at his vineyard in Tuscany, which actually isn't true. We, uh, I was recalling, I think it's right that this was a song where Mario somehow got so infuriated at Mark while he was recording the organ that he almost ran out from the control room into the live room and strangled him. I mean, I actually remember Mark being in the control room when we were doing this and having the organ like sitting on his lap. Well, then it would have been easier for Mario to strangle him. I kind of I thought he was on the stage because we had the Leslie because we had the Leslie because the organ was going through the Leslie yeah? up there. Maybe, but I, I could be wrong. This memory of him sitting there in the control, but I don't know. We'll have to check the videotape. Oh, and also we feature this song features the uh, Sony variety mics. Very important to this album. Well, yeah, we could show the mics here. Let's oh. grab one. Actually, we did most of the vocals on this album with these uh, distorted mics, which Mario came around to. I remember at first talking about wanting to do distorted vocals, and he would say, like, no, 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 no. And then he would say, like, well, we can distort them later. And and I was like, no, we should just do it while we're recording. And uh, he was hesitant. But then he not only came around, but he actually got these mics for us. He went out and found these... Mike yeah, they were a pre- they were like a Christmas present or something. Yeah, kind of like Tadlock's so. glasses. Yeah, not yeah. dissimilar. Oh, and I've heard there's also there's a, a little sample of the biz. On that was that from when he came to was at our studio. I don't recall. I remember him being at the studio. I remember playing basketball with him at that little court on Melrose and him trying to get a kid to go, kid up the street to go get him some food. Scared me for a second when uh, MCA said, I'm going to go get tea now. And I thought, no, I, I, I need you to talk about my favorite Beastie Boys song. But he eventually came back. And you know what? It's so good hearing the three of those guys together, huh? All right, we are going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to talk about So What You Want in the live format. Stay tuned. Uh, 
That's the Beastie Boys performing So What You Want at MTV's Live to the Five Burrows, recorded in 2004, on the night that they released To the Five Burrows. And guess what? I got to host that event. That was a dream come true. That was the apex of my media career after that. Everything else was downhill. And I remember that uh, I, I first got to meet the Beastie Boys in 2004 out in Las Vegas for the MTV $2 Bill Show. And I told you, I told you as soon as I saw So What You Want, the music video for the first time, it literally changed my life because I either wanted to be in the Beastie Boys or meet the Beastie Boys. So uh, in my last year of high school, I thought, how can I meet them? Wait a second. If I'm an MTV VJ, yes, that's what I'll do. I'll become an MTV VJ. Then I'll meet the Beastie Boys. It only took only took 12 years, but it, it, it finally happened. So uh, I was out in Las Vegas for the MTV2 $2 bill concert, and there was an MTV producer there, and he said, yeah, we're thinking of using you for this special we're doing with the Beastie Boys next week. And I thought, well, but yeah, that's cool if I host, but I just want to get in. I don't even care if I host. So long story short, they called me up from the minors, uh, and I got to do live to the five boroughs with the Beastie Boys on MTV. And I remember... They gave me the script the day of. It was a live half-hour show. And they said, yeah, the Beastie Boys are going to perform two songs live. I assumed that they were going to do two songs from To the Five Burrows. So I look on the rundown, and it says, all right, they're playing Triple Trouble. And I thought, all right, they're going to do Triple Trouble, and then they'll probably do To Check It Out, which was the lead single off of their new album. So I look at the rundown. Keep in mind, this is probably an hour or two before the show actually happens. It says Triple Trouble, and then they're going to close the show performing So What You Want. And I thought, no, no way. You're telling me I get to host a live show with the Beastie Boys, and then I get to introduce them performing my favorite song of all time. Are you kidding me? So I knew that all of my friends would be watching. And uh, when I moved to New York City, I, I would send them mass emails. And I said, well, now I'm temping. You know, I might move back to Pittsburgh. So they, they were with me throughout my whole New York journey. And I remember sending out a mass email that day. And I said, guys, you got to tune in to MTV tonight. I'm hosting a live special with the Beastie Boys. And as I was introducing the song... The only thing I could think of was saying, here's the Beastie Boys with the song that changed my life. And I remember MCA said, wow. And I think he meant two things by wow. I think he was complimented by that. And you may think differently, but I was in the room with him. I think he was, he's like, okay, that's that's a big compliment. But then... Part of MCA, part of his wow was like, that's a big compliment, but you don't need to say it. Calm down, kid. And I was like, after the fact, I'm like, yeah, I, I could see both sides. But he wasn't, he wasn't offended that I said that. And I think, maybe this is just me, I think that comment also put a little more mustard into the performance. Like, listen, I respect you guys. 
I know that this is the greatest Beastie Boy song. You know it's the greatest Beastie Boy song. Song is 12 years old and you're closing out the night with it. Yeah. So, like I said, you know, but MCA is, is a wise man. So maybe I shouldn't have gone so fanboy at the event. But I did. And I, I, I got the gist of MCA's wow. Should, should, we, should, should we listen back? You, you be the judge. Here's my intro, and here's MCA's wow. Ladies and gentlemen, performing live one more time, the Beastie Boys, with the song that changed my life. Wow. It's a twofold wow. Calm down, kid, but I do appreciate the gesture. So now let's go back in time and remember the first time you heard So What You Want Live. First time I saw the Beastie Boys live was at Lollapalooza 1994. I was losing my mind the entire set. And to this day, I've never been to a concert that's been more crazy than that. And I thought over the years that maybe I was romanticizing it. But Evan Bernard showed up at MCA Day last year. And he showed the, uh, the Tough Guy music video, World Exclusive, which no one had ever seen. And he was talking about a crazy concert that happened out in the Midwest. And I said, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Columbus, Ohio, Polaris Amphitheater. That was insane. Because people had picnic blankets and they were just launching their friends up in the air. And if you looked across the sea of people, you literally saw hundreds of people flying through the sky. And then kids were ripping off the barricades and surfing on top of barricades. It was anarchy. It was anarchy. So I'm enjoying this crazy Beastie Boy set. They leave the stage. And I thought, wow, that was great. That was great. And I totally forgot that they, they didn't even play So What You Want yet. So they come out for the encore. I hear the first few bars of So What You Want. I thought, oh, my gosh. Totally forgot. They didn't even play So What You Want. And then they ended with Sabotage. And going back, So What You Want has always been this, this little life treat for me. Going back to Lollapalooza, the first time I heard it, I'm like, oh, yeah, they got to play this song. Uh, when I'm looking at the script, for Live to the Five Boroughs. And I thought, whoa, cool. I get to introduce So What You Want. I remember the first time I went to David Letterman. I knew the Beastie Boys were going to be on. I skeezed my way in. They were uh, they were promoting Awesome, I Shot That. So they open up with three MCs and one DJ. And what do they cut into? Yes, you got it. So What You Want. So on this random weeknight, I think, yes, I get to hear it again. Um, there was the VH1 Hip Hop Honors. Fortunately, I was in the family at that point, so I got tickets. What song did the Beastie Boys perform live in front of all those hip hop legends in the house? So what you want. And did you know that there was a technical glitch when they performed So What You Want? So they had to perform it again. Poor me. I had to hear So What You Want twice that night. And as a little treat for all of you right now, I want to go back to the MTV Live to the Five Boroughs special. Here's the Beastie Boys sound checking. So what you want. So yes, on this episode where we look back at this Beastie Boys classic, you even get a So What You Want sound check. Well, let's let's do this next song and see where we're at. Let's see. Okay. <laughs> Just plug me in just like I was Gary Harris Eating crazy cheese like y'all think I'm from Paris Ooh. You think I get fly, huh. you think I get high huh. You know 
listen. No reason that you're smiling or wildin'. So listen, in my head, I just wanna take your damn imagination set loose. And I'm gonna shake them down. Let it flow like a mud slide. And when I get on one, I like to ride the glide and kick it down. No perception in the tech shop. Get props in the magic of the back shop. So what? Oh. So what, so what, so what you want? So what you want? Are you guys okay with that? Um, yeah, I yeah, just say, fine. Wally, you could bring we'll go. Adam Horvitz and, and okay. myself. This is Mike. Just yeah. to each of us down a little bit. Leave Yauk where he is, but bring Adam H and myself down a little bit. If that's You want to dive deeper? Let's go even deeper. So, so what you want? A magnificent live cut. And I think... It even becomes better when Mixmaster Mike joins the Beastie Boys ranks. Now, here's, here's a, an example of uh, Mixmaster Mike in his first year with the Beastie Boys. This is their concert out in Glasgow, Scotland. Listen to this drop. So now, from this point on, when you hear the song live, you don't know what to expect. And Mixmaster Mike takes it to another level when he decides that Fabulous's Breathe is perfect for verse 2. And I don't know about you guys, but to me, that now becomes part of the song. Like, if I hear So What You Want Live and Mixmaster Mike doesn't drop Breathe, it's not the same. And the only, the only problem is that after you go from the original beat into Breathe, how do you end? And it was always tough topping those two beats, but it was always fun watching Mixmaster Mike try. All right, I'm getting too excited now. I need to have a glass of water. So we are going to take a break, and we will be back with more brouhaha right after this. Hey, if you're going to sample a song, why not sample the greatest song of all time? That is Epro from Beck off of his 2005 album, Guero. And I remember interviewing Beck at the time, and I said, Hey man, uh, why'd you decide to uh, sample So What You Want? And he said, Well, you have to ask the Dust Brothers that question. Because the Dust Brothers produced Guero for Beck, so I guess they uh, they reached into the uh, sampling bag of tricks and pulled that one out. Sounds good, huh? And I should also point out that years before, 
actually one year after it came out. So What You Want was sampled on Criss Cross's song, Da Bomb, off of their album, Da Bomb, which came out in 1993. They sampled that undeniable keyboard part from Money Mark Nishida. Take a listen. And uh, earlier this year, uh, commemorating the birthday of the So What You Want music video, I sent out a tweet saying something like, hey, today the greatest music video of all time was filmed. And Money Mark responded by saying that he lit his keyboard on fire in the music video. I don't know if he was speaking in hyperbole or if he actually lit his keyboard on fire in So What You Want. You know, because you see the Beastie Boys playing their instruments live during that infrared scene, so everything kind of looks like fire. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll watch it again uh, today and see if Money Mark actually lights his keyboards on fire in that music video. Now, that portion of the music video was inspired by the movie Predator, because remember how the Predator can just see heat? What's that? Is that like a thermo something? All right, so right now I want to talk about the Beastie Boys CD single. Remember when this came out? The maxi single? Didn't come in the cardboard box, came in the hard plastic case. See, I'm tapping it right now. We got seven tracks on the Beastie Boys So What You Want CD single, or the maxi single, whatever your preference. Uh, Number one, So What You Want single version. And to me, this has always been the best version of So What You Want. They edit the curse. I'm the illest from here to Gardenia. And then uh, I always loved that they put in the extra So What You Want before the third verse. So instead of an instrumental break, you got the Beastie Boys delivering that memorable hook one more time. So what you, what you, what you want? So to me, the single version is the best version. Uh, Track number two, The Skills to Pay the Bills. Yes, this is the first time we got a studio cut of The Skills to Pay the Bills. Because you may remember the VHS tape, uh, Skills to Pay the Bills. It opens up with Skills to Pay the Bills, but we only get like eight seconds of it. Track number three, So What You Want, Soul Assassin Remix Version. Track number four, Groove Holmes. Uh, track number five, So What You Want, but Naked Version. Track number six, Groove Holmes, Live versus The Biz. And it closes out with So What You Want, All The Way Live Freestyle Version. And before I put this CD single down, can I say that this is a pretty awesome picture on the back taken by Ari Makopoulos. I mean, Glennie Friedman, he is the definitive Beastie Boys photographer. This one's not bad. 
Mike D squatting down with his Adidas and his sock cap and his sunglasses. Beastie Boys uh, are standing against, it looks like an abandoned warehouse. Um, Ad-Rock's got his backwards ball cap with his boombox in hand. And MCA, he's got his Marty McFly vest on, hands in pocket, and he just looks so cool. Yeah, it's a good one. Beastie Boys, So What You Want, CD single. I, I went to college in a small town, and for a handful of months, someone opened up a UCD store. I mean, that's being nice. It was basically one bin of CDs. There's a good chance I had more CDs in my dorm room than this place had in their store, but I went through one day, and they actually had the Beastie Boys So What You Want CD single. I already owned it, but I thought, well, I'm going to, I have to buy it again. So I got my second copy of the uh, So What You Want maxi single at this used CD store that was only opened up for a, a few months. So uh, let's take let's take one more break. We're almost done here. Our deep dive into So What You Want. When we come back, I'm going to hypothesize why So What You Want is actually the Beastie Boys' one and only song about relationships. All right, we are winding down on this episode of the Brew Haha, taking a look back at the Beastie Boys. So what you want. Now, as Beastie Boys fans, we know that the guys don't get too personal in their music. All of them have shouted out their significant others. I love that MCA shouts out Detchen and what is it, the, the Grasshopper Unit? This one goes out to Detchen. Mike D shouts out Tammy D on a few Beastie Boys songs. And then in Get It Together, uh, Ad Rock Rhymes, Ioni with macaroni. That was a great rhyme. But let's face it, for the most part, there are no Beastie Boys relationship songs. Well, you could say Nettie's Girl is a relationship song, but that's uh, that's kind of tongue-in-cheek. But the one time I was listening, and this was probably in college when I got dumped, I was listening to the lyrics of So What You Want, and I thought to myself, you know what? This is a song about relationships. And right now I want to go through the lyrics and you tell me if I'm right or if I'm crazy. Well, just plug me in just like I was Eddie Harris. You're eating crazy cheese like you would think I'm from Paris. So it sounds like at this point in the song, the girl is taking advantage of the guy. Maybe she's just in it for the material things. You know I get fly. You think I get high. You know that I'm gone and I'm going to tell you all why. So now the guy in this story leaves, and it seems like his girl is not faithful. So tell me, who are you dissing? Maybe I'm missing the reason that you're smiling or wilding. So listen, in my head, I just want to take them down. Imagination said, loosen, I'm going to shake them down. So it seems like the person in this song is upset with the guy that's skeezing on his girl. Let it flow like a mudslide. When I get on, I like to ride and glide. I got depth of perception in my text, y'all. I get props at my mention because I'm vex, y'all. And then we've got the chorus. So what you, what you, what you want? 
You're so funny with the money that you flaunt. I said, where'd you get your information from, huh? You think that you confront when revelation comes? So when everything's revealed, you think you confront then? So then we go into the second verse. Well, they call me Mike D. I'm the ever-loving man. I'm like Spoonie G. Well, I'm the Metropolitan. You scream in your holla, but my Chevy and Paula, but the sweat is getting wet around the ring around your collar. So it seems like this girl is not happy with the Chevy and Paula. Once again, the girl in my hypothesis in this song about relationships is a uh, is more interested in material things. But like a dream I'm flown without no stopping, sweeter than a cherry pie with ready whip topping, from mic to mic, kicking it wall to wall, I'll be calling out your people like a casting call. So listen, back in high school and college, you, you, you may have gone out with someone. They dumped you, you dumped them. They've got a posse, you've got a posse. And sometimes these posses have influences on their friends. And after the fact, you want to call them all out like a casting call. There was a girl in high school. I had a really big crush on her. And I think the only reason, well, not the only reason, but one of the reasons she didn't pursue it is because her friend was against it. And after the fact, yes, I called her out like a casting call. All right, back to the lyrics. Well, it's whack. When you're jacked in the back of a ride with you know with your flow when you're out getting by, believe me, what you see is what you get and you see me. I'm coming off as you can bet. And this this next burst of lyrics says it all. And you might be happily married right now, but I guarantee you at least once a week you say the following words. Well, I think I'm losing my mind this time, this time. I'm losing my mind. That's right, said. I think I'm losing my mind this time, this time. I'm losing my mind. And then we get back to the age-old question. So what you, what you, what you want? Once again, you could be in the greatest relationship in the world, but you probably utter these words at least once a day. What you, what you, what you want? Uh, But little do you know about something that I talk about. I'm tired of driving. It's due time that I walk about. So you know what? I'm walking out of this relationship right now. In the meantime, I wise. I wise to the demise. So I'm wise that this thing is ending. I've got eyes in the back of my head. So I realize, you don't think I know? Oh, I know. I know everything you're doing. Well, I'm Dr. Spock. Listen, Dr. Spock uh, did psychoanalysis on young children. So is uh, MCA saying that the female in this song is acting like a young child and he's the Dr. Spock? I'm Dr. Spock. I'm here to rock y'all. I want you off the wall if you play in the wall. Once again, all together now, kids. What you, what you, what you want? What you, what you, what you want? Y'all suckers write me checks and then they bounce so I reach into my pocket for the fresh amount. See, I'm the long, Lena, Vincent, the cleaner. I'm the illest, wow, wow, from here to Gardenia. And then we close with, I'm as cool as a cucumber in a bowl of hot sauce. You've got the rhyme and reason, but got no cause. If you're hot to trot, you think you're slicker than grease. I've got news for you, Cruz. You'll be sucking like a leech. So what are the Beastie Boys saying? 
should have never dumped me because you're never going to get better. And that will do it for this episode of The Brouhaha. If you need to get a hold of me, find me on social media at Jim Shear, or you can email me, do it old school, beastiepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Brouhaha, dedicated to the greatest song of all time, So What You Want. I am Jim Shear, and I will see Yins later. Yeah.